morning. We're off to a good start. I remember to unmute my microphone. Um, welcome to the porch. If this is your first time, we're so glad you're with us. If you're watching online, thanks for joining us. We hope you're having a great 4th of July weekend. Um, it's also the first Sunday of the month, so that means we're going to get to participate in communion together, and I'm super excited about that. I'm Joshua Harrell. I'm the media pastor here at the porch, and uh, quick show of hands, is anyone else super nervous about preaching for the first time? <laughs> Just me? Okay, cool. Um, real quick, I want to give a quick shout out to my wife, Kara. Uh, um, you know, it's 4th of July weekend, and volunteers are kind of sparse on the, uh, we got a ring or something, but, um, volunteers are kind of sparse on 4th of July weekend, and I had some people kind of have to bow out at the last second, and Kara kind of saw how stressed I was, and she jumped right in there, so she is serving in the tech booth today, so Kara's awesome, but actually, we need to give a shout out to all the staff spouses, because they do so much for the church, most of it unseen, all of it unpaid, and the porch would not be what it is today without Drew, Kara, Allison, or Ross. So let's give it up for the staff spouses, because they do not get enough credit. So we are in week five of this series, our summer series called The Parables of Jesus. A parable is just a story that Jesus uses to teach a point. So, and today we're in Matthew 25 going over the parable of talents or the parable of the three servants or the parable of the bags of gold and silver or every translation has a different title of this uh, parable. So, but let's first, let's give a little background. Let's talk about what a talent is, okay? So the modern definition of a talent is a special, often athletic, creative, or artistic aptitude. Justin has a great talent for singing, preaching, and playing guitar, right? I have a talent of taking normal people phrases, mashing them together, and we call it Joshisms. One of the, one of the favorite Joshisms you've actually heard from the pulpit before. I know Justin, Shannon, and Pastor Bob have all said it. Coming in hot on two left feet. Y'all know what that means? No? It means I'm late and I have no idea what I'm walking into. So, but then now let's look at the ancient definition because this is what's going to be kind of an interesting fact because when we read the parable of the talents, we think we're talking about talents or gifts that God has given us. But in actuality, the ancient definition of a talent is a unit of measurement for weighing special metals, usually metals, usually gold and silver. So let's read a couple verses, and then instead of going through the entire parable, I'm going to stop and just kind of summarize everything so I have less words to fumble on. We're going to be reading in the NLT. That's what's going to be on screen. Again, Jesus is speaking here, trying to help the people he's speaking to understand the kingdom of God. All right, so we're in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money with them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, 
and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest his money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received only one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. You know, he probably stuffed it in a coffee can, dug a little hole and buried it in his backyard, right? So, but let's talk about the first two servants. They took what the master had given them, used it, and earned double the return. So they got five bags, brought five, first servant, five bags in, five bags out. Second servant, two bags in, two bags out. But let's dig to verse 24, where we learn about the third servant. I'm going to do all the things I hate when I'm standing in the back. I'm going to talk about the lights being too bright, and I'm going to fiddle with my headset. <laughs> so bear with me. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver. So now here's Jesus talking in verse 29. So listen closely to this. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So when the first servant doubled his bags of silver... The master gave him more responsibility to do with his silver, to do with the wealth of the master. Same thing with the second servant. He gave him more because he used what the master had given him and grew with it, used it. Didn't hide it, didn't waste it. But let's key on that third servant. He took that one bag and hid it so he wouldn't lose any of the wealth that his master entrusted, with it, entrusted him with. For us non-risk takers, the third servant kind of seems like a safe bet, right? Wrong. The third servant was afraid of failing his master, so he didn't use his talents to help him bring glory or wealth. You know, that kind of reminds me of, not reminds me because I wasn't there, uh, but have you seen like the movie Seabiscuit or like those movies that are like coming out of the Great Depression when people finally had a little bit of money coming in? And they were too scared. They didn't trust the banks anymore. And they'd hide it in coffee cans or hide it in their mattress. They were too afraid to trust the banks, right? They were too afraid to use the opportunity for their wealth to grow wealth. They had lost faith. So how often do we fall in this safe spot of the third servant or do we lose faith? How often does that happen? How often do we not use our gifts or talents that God has given us for his glory? In best, in best case scenario, are we afraid of failure? Or in worst case scenario, are we too worried about being inconvenienced? I don't want to dig too deep into reasons on why we don't use our gifts. But I'd rather spend some time giving three reasons to use your talents for the kingdom of God. The first reason, use it or you'll lose it. 
In verse 28, we see the master order the talent stripped away from the third servant and given to the first servant. What happens when you have a skill or talent you never use? When I was a swimmer, I could swim back, back and forth in the pool for miles without even breaking a sweat. Now, I'm lucky if I don't need CPR after two laps. Like, y'all, I'm out of shape. I'm skinny, but I, but I am like skinny fat. Um, so that ability, that talent I had, I didn't use it. I didn't cultivate it. I lost it. And you know what? It is gone forever. Even if I were to get back in the pool, I would never have the talent that I had before. And the same goes with what God has given us. You eventually lose the ability at its best, right? Ignore the call that God has placed on you with the talents he's given you. Long enough, it could be gone forever. There's a verse in James 2 where it says, faith without works is dead. The works here, the talents, you can change it. The talents are your works here. Without use of your talents, is your faith dead? That's something you have to consider for yourself. The second reason you should use your talents for the kingdom of God Generation behind you sees you. You want growth of the kingdom of God to be important to your kids? It has to be important to you. How can you expect them to use their talents if the people that they develop most of their ha habits from don't use theirs? Proverbs 22.6 says, Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. One of the best ways to direct our children, it's also the hardest way, is to lead by example. Before we can ever guide our children into living into their talents for the kingdom of Christ, we have to live into ours. We tend to push our kids for world, more worldly goals and aspirations because they seem more tangible. My parents are here and they can tell you, when I was growing up, my room was filled with medals, ribbons, and trophies. I was so proud of these things. Now we argue about who's going to keep the stuff because neither of us really want it in their house. I'm blessed, though, because my parents also made sure that church, while not always my top priority, was always modeled and encouraged as a priority for me. I always, me and my mom always went to church every Sunday, and my dad is a truck driver. So when he was out of town, he wasn't able to go. But it always said something to me. When my dad was in town on a Sunday, he was, he was the first one up and dressed. They made it a priority that the kingdom of God is over everything. And I'm not saying that chasing a ring or a scholarship or a degree is trivial. But ask yourself this. Are those goals that we, that we put above that we put so high, are we putting them above encouraging our kids to use their talents for the kingdom of God? What message are we sending our kids if we don't prioritize church and kingdom work over everything else? Everything else. And finally, the last reason we should use our God-given talents for the kingdom of God is God wants us to serve others. 
In Peter, in 1 Peter 4.10, it says, we are given these talents to be stewards of God's grace towards others. It's pretty simple. God gave us these talents so we can show God's grace to one another. It's a simple but big ask, right? Use the talents God has given us to help propel the kingdom of God and serve others. It's only big in our mind. We can bring so much baggage and doubt into the act of using our talents. What if it's not good enough? What if they don't appreciate it? What if I miss out on something? I, I just mentioned that my parents are here. I almost didn't want to invite them because I was terrified I was going to bomb. You know, but, but that's how the enemy gets in our heads. He says your talent isn't good enough to be used for the glory of God. Do we limit ourselves? Do we put worldly restrictions on godly talents? I, I do. I can answer that for myself easily. I do. I want to challenge you today as you're sitting in church or watching it online. Take a look in the mirror and see what talents God has given you and put them into practice right here at your church. Give God the freedom to use you right here. We have so many opportunities here at the porch so we can serve others. That's what we're called to do. We can be ushers, greeters, porch kids volunteers, tech team. I need like three or four. We'll talk later. Um, community group leaders, and you might say, I can't lead a discussion or a group, but you could be a community group host. You could have, you could love on people at your house or somewhere else. Student volunteers, nurture team, hospitality. Maybe there's a ministry that we, we don't have that you've been kind of thinking about for a while. Then lead it. God has entrusted each of us with talents. It's time for the church to use their talents to grow the kingdom of God. It's time for you to use your talents to grow the kingdom of God. We need to take what the master has given us and put it to work. Not for us, but for him. So as I wrap up and the band comes back up, and if you're helping serve communion, if you'll go ahead and come on down. I just want you to think about what talents has God given you that you're wasting, that we're not using to our fullest potential. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be here this morning and spend this great day of worship together as, as a church family, God. And as we move into this um, time of communion, that we focus solely on you, God, that as we take this communion, we think of the talents that you've given us, God, and we make a covenant with you to really impart these into our church, our community, our family. And as we leave today, 
we leave with a fire for serving you, God, and serving others. Because it's what we're called to do. In your name I pray. Amen.